you want an insight into the minds of the industry professionals, then there's only one place to be. One place to be. The Ins and Out Podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs Podcast, I spoke to Josh Ricketts. Josh is the owner of HDI Dance Camp and also Saw Dance Competitions, the Saw Dance Championships, I should say. Uh, I've known Josh for a very long time, but I don't really get to see him or speak to him very much as he is a very, 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 very busy human. So I had a good catch up with him today. He told us what inspired him to start doing competitions and to do dance camps. And we spoke a bit about business and mindset and how he relaxes and pulls away from such a busy schedule and how he manages that. So here is the amazing Josh Ricketts. And we're in, motherfucker. What's up? What's up? How you doing? I'm good, man. We're in this nice little penthouse. It's not mine. <laughs> it's not mine. <laughs> I wish. One day. Goals. <laughs> one day, bro. We'll be doing it and it's one of ours. Yeah, goals. Definitely. So, bro, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, the gain is very high. There you go. That's a bit better. Um, I wanted to talk to you, um, like I was just telling you before the podcast, you inspire the hell out of me. Thank you, bro. Every time I see you, your social media you're doing something and it's always something different yeah <laughs> it's never just working on one thing yeah you kind of dip your hands in lots of different lots of different bowls mm. and lots of different pockets yeah and venture out outside of dance but still within the dance world mm. um and i just want to hear your journey really of what got you to where you are today sure because i when i first ever met you you just were a guy in a studio who wanted yeah. to be a dancer i remember you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like you just took dance classes yeah. and you're like, oh, I like dancing yeah. and maybe I'd like to do this. What got you to where you are now? Tell me the journey. Um, I think a, a, a journey in a nutshell, I think I'd always work with young people from an early age, um, working uh, with kind of kids coming off the street, working in the church to kind of take kids from tough backgrounds to put them in a positive environment. And... Uh, so doing that, working in secondary schools uh, in the north of England, um, doing confidence building sessions and kind of just, I guess, yeah, working with the kids to get them through their exams. And uh, so I'd worked in a couple of secondary schools and then I put on an under 18s nightclub in, uh, in Bolton, just outside mm-hmm. of Manchester. This was many years ago now and I always wanted to uh, kind of, I guess, give kids an opportunity just to do something different out of the ordinary. So I'd seen a model, uh, something that worked, and I thought, okay, let me let me try this. I love young people. Um, let me put a business spin on it. So I started to get live PAs in. So do you remember like Chipmunk and yeah, yeah. Strider, N-Dubs, all those kind of people? So I used to put, do, do under-18s nightclubs once a month. I used to put live PAs on, so then kids would come and attend. So I guess how I got into the dance world, I grew up um, doing music so I grew up playing piano and violin drums sick um and then say done dance done a bit of dance when I was was younger and then I got to this stage I traveled the world when I was 19 got to see some incredible things got to meet some amazing people I came back so started this under 18s nightclub but what happened was on our bottom floor there was like an R&B and hip-hop floor Mm -hmm. and lots of kids used to have dance-offs against each other and I was like oh I love this again just watching kids who are passionate about something they probably couldn't pick up choreo, but they were just having a, a blast against yeah, yeah. each other. It was only like eight o'clock because it's under 18s. So it was on a Tuesday night. So seven till 10.30. School night. School night. 
So then they had to be home. And so we used to put this on and uh, they would, uh, so they have these dance-offs and I was like, ah, oh, rather than getting them in off the street once a month, I need to do something that can kind of captivate their passion on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So then I started working with a lady called Funky Lou, incredible lady from, from the north of England. That's a dope name. And uh, yeah, her name's Lou, but she was called Funky Lou. No, she I'm had a pink I, car. I was going to say her name is Forever Funky <laughs> Forever Lou. Funky Lou. She had a pink car, pink hair, um, and she was just the most amazing person who loved young people. So I guess our worlds collided. Um, I said there was a lot of purpose in our relationship. And uh, so I was like, okay, can I pay you to come and teach our young people? Uh, I've got my market of young people here around me I can I can market to, give them flyers. Let's start a dance crew and we'll call it Rickos Dance Crew. So Rick, it's Rickos. Yeah. She was like, okay, cool. So I, used to, I paid her uh, for an, hour, an hourly rate back then. I hired a dance studio in a leisure center and that's how it started. So this would have been 10 years ago now. Um, so we, we do, do some competitions, we used to do UDO competitions. That's how we started. We put these, put these kids into comps. Um, and then I met a guy um, called Jerry who used to run a dance studio Jerry in t- Manchester. <laughs> I helped Jerry build his studio really? in Manchester. Me, me and Chuck got drunk one night with Jerry in that studio. <laughs> And Carrie Hansen. Oh, and we yeah? painted all the studios really? with him. Yeah, and then we gave Jerry alcohol. And I don't know if you know, but Jerry's allergic to alcohol. I didn't know that. Yes, but we forced him to drink it. We're like peer, proper peer pressure, bullied him into it. This must have been, I was about 17. Enemy. Enemy. So, so about 10, 11 years yeah. ago. And his face went all red. Really? And his tongue went all funny. It was you're, like, you're like the bad person yeah, who your mom <laughs> says to stay away from, right? Yeah, yeah, Jerry. T- <laughs> you got it. That's my memory of Jerry. T- so then um, I'd heard about Sunshine Studios um, say I'm originally from Birmingham, moved mm-hmm. up to the north. And I was like, okay, there's this dance studio. Our, our crew, Rick Ross Dance Crew was growing. So we just have an impact with young people. We was winning competitions. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, I want to I wanna open a dance studio and have a hub and a home for young people. Um, so I ended up finding a premises in Bolton Town Centre. Again, I was working in a school, working with naughty kids as a behaviour mentor. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to find the time to do it, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do it. Found this 3,000 square foot premises in Bolton Town Centre. And I guess that was the journey. Uh, Jerry came to me and said, oh, uh, why don't you open a franchise of uh, Sunshine? Um, I guess at that time, I didn't really understand business. Uh-huh. I was well, you were, v- what, 23? I was 23, yeah. So very much learning on the road. I've learned a heck of a lot since then. Yeah. Learned from a lot of mistakes. Uh, learned to uh, to make sure I cross-check everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, went on the journey of opening a studio. And, yeah, and then became, since so started Saw. Um, Saw. And Saw is your competition So the competition, right? yeah, the competition yeah. side of the business. So SDC, uh, Saw Dance Championships. Mm-hmm. Again, we started off again. Um we started back in 2011. Mm-hmm. So I uh, started with one, one competition. Again, worked with Udio. Yeah. On, uh, that was our first ever comp. Um, and then I started our international workshops. Uh, with We flew over Ian Eastwood, uh-huh. Brian Puspos. And that was, the, again, the start of SOAR and what became has become now Global HDI. So uh, 
from the very humble beginnings of working with young people, loving young people, to now, it's been a, a crazy, what crazy was, um, What was that process putting on that first ever event? Obviously, you'd done the nightclub events and stuff, but what was that process like putting on your first dance comp? Like, because I've, I've organized just like my own dance workshops in Cardiff <laughs> called Level Up, and I have like uh, teachers from London come yeah. down to give better opportunity to dancers in Wales. Because yeah. when I was in Wales, there was no Nothing opportunity, sure. and I, I want to create opportunity for where I'm from, you know? Yeah. And that stresses me out. <laughs> and it's just dealing about bringing my friends from London to Cardiff. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Let alone flying yeah. people across the world and arranging probably 400 kids. Yeah. So, uh, so when it comes to, uh, the competitions I think I've always loved being involved in events and event planning so when I, I finished college I'd got in to do uh, event management at Sheffield Uni mm-hmm. and I thought you know what I'm going to defer my entry I'm going to go do an internship work with young people for a year and I'm going to go travelling for a year and then when I get back I'll do my event management while I was away I was I travelled the world I, New Zealand I was in Auckland and I met a lady who used to manage artists. Remember Natasha Bedingfield? Yes. Daniel Bedingfield? Yes. She used to manage them. I used to fancy her. Yeah, me too. Yeah, she um, <laughs> And so then I remember chatting to this lady. I said, oh, this is my plan. This is what I want to do. Uh, what do you think? And I guess this was one of the things that kind of changed the trajectory of, of my life because so I had planned to go to uni, do what everyone else usually does. Uh, and then she, she said, look, if I was you, I wouldn't go to uni. She said, I get people in and I employ people to work for me who have gone to uni, who have done event management to do things like how far the barrier should be away from the stage. She's like, this industry, this entertainment world is all about who you know and making the right connections. Mm -hmm. And I guess I got back from my travel in the world and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go to uni. I'm not going to get in loads of debt. I'm going to just do something around it without, without going to uni. So, Playing my first event, I guess it, I just did it go well. Yeah, it did go well. Yeah, it did. Uh, obviously, there's always teething problems, always. Of course. Uh, but I guess say with our first first ever competition back in 2011, we partnered with uh, UDO, so we had a kind of a base there. Yeah. So uh, there was an understanding that they've been running for a lot of years. So we was able to learn from them on how they did things which they did things well so uh that was our first ever sdc competition and then our 2012 hdi our first ever one that was a little bit tougher because that was flying in international guests so we had to get visas had to obviously book flights had to book hotels that was where it got a little bit crazy because you're dealing with not only different time scale, like time, uh, because you've got dealing with Americans. Yeah, so you, when you go to bed, they're waking up. So you're trying to do emails and like dealing with management, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Management is always a ball. Isn't it? So uh, <laughs> sometimes, yes. Uh, fortunately, I get to work with some great people who, who uh, I get to deal with directly now, rather than through management. So yeah. it makes things a lot easier. You've built those relationships. Yeah, because I built the relationships. So yeah, I don't really like dealing with management. No. So, uh, so yeah. So the events. Stop back in 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. I learned, I've learned as I've gone along. So now it was like clockwork, whereas at the start, yeah, we made some mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're good now. Yeah. What was, um when you, you know, you had your first comp, then you had HDI, you flew over Brian and uh, Ian. Yeah. What was the goal? Were you aiming to get bigger from there or did you just think, I'm going to keep doing this? Or did you, did you see this becoming as big as it is? Um, 
I think I've always had vision, big vision, and I've always uh, had big dreams and goals. Uh, but I guess I didn't think with HDI that it would be a global a global thing. Uh, yeah. So I just got back from Australia last week, so I didn't realise that we'd be doing something yearly in Australia. And um, the competition, yeah, I knew I wanted to be big uh, again because I've seen what other people can do across across the world, big conventions in America, yeah. things going on across Europe. I was like, I knew that uh, if I had the right team around me, I can pull inspiration from anywhere in order to grow and impact young people across the world or across the UK. So mm-hmm. uh, did I think we could get this big? In one sense, yes, but then in another sense, uh, not global, no. Yeah. And how many countries are you in now? Uh, so we do um, HGI in Israel, mm-hmm. in Australia, obviously the UK, and then we've uh, done stuff in LA, uh, we've done stuff in Singapore and uh, also done stuff in Dubai too. So, Damn. a couple. That passport's but, looking good. <laughs> Mate, that passport, I want to get yeah. a new one. Yeah. Full. <laughs> it was full. It's yeah. full. That's the dream. <laughs> it's the dream. Um, what's some of the hardest things about working abroad? Um, I think being away from uh, the office, like, I I guess, um, yeah, I think being away from the office, I like, I like being in the office. Mm-hmm. Um and sometimes on time zones, it's it's difficult to be able to be. I've only got a very very small team, but it's it's difficult to be able to be able to connect with the team when on different time zones, and also uh, family too. So uh, when I'm away for too long, it's not not good. So last year I was away for seven weeks, and that that was. I know you you obviously you on tour, and so mm-hmm. you're you're used to that. Uh, but for me, when I was tour managing for more family, being away for seven weeks was uh, was difficult. Because, like, it's being a tour manager, there's not much sleep. You're the you're the, you're the first one to wake up, last one to go to sleep. Yeah. So obviously that has a big everything impact is on your fault. Exactly. So it's like you have to deal with everything, but you still have to still remain professional and get the job done. Mm-hmm. How did you get into tour managing for them? So uh, royal family. That's Paris Global. That's Paris Global. Yeah, Paris. yeah. So back in 2014, I uh, flew for HDI. I flew Paris out to the UK to come and teach for us. Uh, we had a camp that week in August and uh, her her dad, who also manages her, a guy called Brett, he's an incredible guy, he uh, he walked into the, the sports where we had it. it, it was a, we had a whole, whole big campus in Wales, North Wales in Denby. Wales. Wales. Uh, and uh, he walked in and the first thing he saw when he saw, this, saw what we'd done, it was like, we're gonna to work together. That was his. F- that was his first comment. He's like, mm-hmm. "We're gonna to work together." I didn't think much much of it, uh, and the, and of before Paris went, he's like, "We need to do something." He's like, "I'll be in touch." So I guess he's obviously seen the uh, the sports hall full of dancers from across the world. Yeah, the magnitude that you've made. Yeah, and so uh, obviously I've I've fortunately been able to. Uh, make a lot of connections across the world and across Europe so uh, that's how it kind of the first initial conversation started from that and then yeah then I've done a European tour for them the following year a tour manager that put that together with my contacts across Europe so you being their tour manager did you organise their schedule as in where Everything. they're going and stuff like that yeah. you arranged the dates what they were yeah. doing and Everything. What, what did their tour consist of did so they it, do a performance or was it teaching yeah work both workshops and shows so we'd go from city to city uh 
days off in between workshops shows so i think that that tour that first one we did was like seven seven countries mm-hmm. uh and then the the world one that was just across europe yeah and then the world one was 14 countries from new zealand all the way across to argentina so oh my goodness. and everywhere in between so uh and yeah is royal family or girls no, there's some boys oh, as well. Some boys. Yeah, yeah, there's some boys I was as well. Say we was hardly yeah. after a camp yeah. full of women. He- heavy, hev- heavily dominated on girls, but yeah, there are a few boys on yeah. there. So, uh, yeah, it was that was uh, an experience. Was that the same same kind of concept, just learning as you go? Um, I think because I'd done a few tour, a couple of tours already. Uh, it was just the the tougher part on this was having to the whole translation of dealing with people from different cultures mm-hmm. uh the yeah people in china who were at the were at the venue trying to speak to a, a lighting guy who can't understand the word that i'm saying so like dealing with all of that the translation thing was was the most difficult part so yeah i definitely had to learn as i as i go along yeah um, but yeah again so there's a few different countries where i was like Using actions <laughs> to explain. <laughs> Dumb sign language. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was an, an amazing experience. Again, I got to go to a couple of places I've never been to before. So uh, for Paris's birthday, we stopped off in Santorini on the way, and I live in Santorini, so uh, I've never been to Brazil. So yeah, there's a couple of spots that we that I hadn't been to on uh, before, so I got to manage to do that with with the royal family so yeah definitely they're part of my they're part of my family i'm part of their family so yeah that's sick um before that i want to pick up you said that you have a very small team yeah how many is in your team well in the immediate team in the office yeah on a day-to-day basis there's three of us oh wow (laughs) then i am very blessed to have some other also incredible people who help out whenever I mm-hmm. whenever I need Do you have them. your own office space now? Yeah, we've got so our own offices, yeah. Yeah, we've got um we actually just moved into a new office space a few months ago, uh about, about five, six months ago. Um so it's like two and a half thousand square feet. So mm. uh it's just for all of our obviously got a lot of stuff, yeah, banners merch and, and merch all, all of our like um sound system for the mm-hmm. competitions and for S D C and uh all of that. So yeah, yeah, so we've got a big spot now. Um we was, we was in a tiny cramped of office for three years. Oh wow! So going and taking this, taking a big faith step to go into this new this new building mm-hmm. uh, was uh, was a say a big faith step, but it it feels it feels great where uh-huh. it is located in uh, Bolton Town Centre. It's great. Just walk out for yeah. lunch and coffee. Go if I'm having meetings, go straight to Starbucks. It's like a of thirty course. second walk away. You know, the so, go to exactly. So. Um, yeah, so we've offices, but yeah, so I've got say some incredible people who 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 if I need their help, they'll come in and. And is the uh, the people that you work with in the office? Do they have a background in business? No, they've just all winged it a bit like you. Yeah, so so they just they're more the they love people. Yeah. Uh-huh. In the office currently, it's only me that's really business focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love people too, of course. No, you're very people person uh, I'll try to be yeah. um, but they're very um, all about they care for people mm-hmm. um, so that's something that I actually have to work on in 2019 from a business perspective is kind of getting someone in who can help me uh, from the business aspect of things I've say I've learned a lot over the last few years when it comes to business and business finance and business, all of that uh, 
so yeah, my my two staff they just really want the best for people when it comes to our events. So there's uh, Michelle, she'll remember people's names. Like every person she who is. comes through that door, she'll know their name and mm-hmm. she genuinely cares. Joel, who's my event manager, like he cares about people. He wants to have the best SDC that anyone has ever, that like uh, has ever been to. SDC, Sword Dance Championships. Let's get that right. So yeah, he like genuinely wants everyone to experience the best competition they've ever experienced before. So um yeah, and you're just running around making sure nothing goes wrong. Exactly, yeah, it's, it's a good balance. Do you yeah, mean? um, how do you delegate, like when you're on the road and stuff? How do you how do you manage all your business things that your like business obligations? I yeah. guess things that come along with shit that you have to do, like answer emails. And, yeah, you know, make phone calls to the other side of the world, do social media. Yeah, there's so much into running a business now than just sure. sending an email. Yeah, do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? How do you do all that when you, with such a busy schedule? Um, I guess my phone is my best friend. Yeah. Um, Put a case on it then. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't drop it and then I drop it uh, with a case on. I drop it once without a case on. It smashes. Um, but yeah, I think just my phone is my best friend. I, I'm literally glued to it, which obviously isn't isn't good sometimes. Um, but I've got a, I've got a long term vision and goal, so I know that if I work really hard now mm-hmm. and help achieve people help people achieve their dreams then I know in 10 years' time, I can kind of sit back a little bit more and not have to be so hands-on as I currently am. Yeah, yeah, I, I am kind of taking the mic out of because I do work so much. Yeah, um, you do work so much. Yeah, and my, my kind of my, my girlfriend is a, little, is a little bit like, come on, you need to chill out now. And like, if I go home to Birmingham, I have to make sure I'm really purposeful in putting my laptop down mm-hmm. to spend time with my nephews, spend time with my parents because yeah. that's obviously it's just... Step first, family first, before anything but else. At the same time, these Nando's don't pay for themselves. Mate, it's so <laughs> true. It's so true. These TJ Fridays burgers are expensive, bro. <laughs> these sweet potato fries. I had to go. And go I had to go and get myself a taste card. <laughs> two for one everywhere. It's bro, the, I need the, a taste card. Give yo, me that taste card. Thirty-nine pound a year, two for one at like Byron, really? Pizza Express. Yeah, best investment Mate, I ever made. This this podcast is worth it for the in, for Mate, that taste card. Best investment I ever made. Really? Yeah, I'm tight as hell with that. Because I eat out a lot. I'm getting one. It's my guilty pleasure. So I'm like, all right, I need to find a way to financially be smarter <laughs> with doing this because I'll eat out every meal. You know what I mean? I'm like, getting one. Yeah, obviously um, game changer. So yeah, I think, uh, obviously, again, I've got great, like, even, though, even though it's a small team, they're, they're great. So trust them. Yeah, so I have to, just to uh, be, be smart in how I uh, kind of ask them to do things. and uh, But yeah, I do take on a little bit too much. So it's, Again, but it's also the the thing of okay, you obviously I'm on a on a tipping edge of okay, do I get another staff member? But then that's X amount extra each year. Can can we? How do we do that? I don't ever. I've never had investors. It's all kind of everything's organic. everything's organic. So um, if an event doesn't do too well, that's that's my that's my mortgage. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. but if it if it does well, then we can then invest that back into new offices. Like we exactly so. Uh, it's just being, it's just trying to uh, be smart and, yeah, just trying to have wisdom in, in moving forward, yeah. Yeah. Do you have anyone in your life that um, checks you? Oh, like, yeah. That gives to you, you need to chill out. Like, you were just saying about, you know, you go home and you've got to put your laptop and that down. Like, yeah. my girlfriend, she actually said it on the phone while I was on the way to meet you. 
um, I said she was moaning that someone didn't respond to a message. And I was like, I've seen you not respond to these <laughs> messages. And she was like, well, unlike you, I put my phone down and I don't spend all my time on social media and give me a grill. I don't think my phone is more important than anyone else. And I was like, touche. Oh. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you won. So she's my she's my yeah. check. Do you mean she checks me on everything? Yeah, like, so, so my girl is too. Um, which I think is, it's good. It's um, great. Yeah, yeah. And also... My dad, he'll he'll was he'll also check in on me, um, just making sure I'm not taking on too much. Because a few years ago, I almost burnt out. Mm-hmm. Um, five years ago, yeah, five years ago, no, a bit longer than that, actually, maybe six. Um, it's when I had the studio. Actually, I was working in a school full time. I was running the studio, so I'd be in the be in the school working from eight till four. Mm-hmm. I'd drive from the school to the studio half four, be at the studio till ten. 10.30, then I'd go home, jump on my laptop, still work, eat a little bit of dinner, and then too long of that, and I almost burnt out. And so my, uh, well, I guess one of my mentors, again, from a church that I grew up in, he kind of gave me a book called Leading on Empty, and he, he had said, you need to read this book. And so I wasn't, I hadn't burnt out yet, but I was very, very close to. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kind of this book just really changed how I, view things yeah. and how I really had to just take a check. So yeah, I've got a, I've got a few people in the in the business world outside of dance who are either invested in Amazon or invested in property or mm-hmm. who are a bit older than me, who are mature than me, and who have families who have been through it. And so they kind of I meet with them every every couple of months individually uh just to hey how you doing Josh? What's going on? Yeah, I'm doing this. Can you help me? Can you give advice on this? Yes, exactly. So having those people in your world is so important. Oh, definitely. I always say to everyone, never be afraid to ask for help. Absolutely. Like the people which try and do everything on their own are the ones which never never succeed. You know what I mean? Like I ask people for help all the time. And not not in a lazy way of, I can't be bothered doing it myself. But at the same time, sometimes I'm like, if I ask for help and I really observe, instead of me fucking up really badly and yeah. costing myself a fortune in the long run, yeah. I'll pay a little bit now or, you know, if someone will help me sure. out of their goodwill, really pay attention to how they do it. And then technically I'm learning a new skill without making a mistake. Yeah. You yeah. Know I mean, that's Absolutely. been kind of like my, my new go to. That's awesome, bro. Yeah. That's so true. Like, that really helps. Um, You're just saying about, uh, like running your business yeah there's a great book called um it's by a guy called aubrey marcus okay it's called own the day oh okay i've heard of it own the day own your life i well you probably don't have much time to read so i suggest podcasts i suggest you download it on audible yeah like i listen to it on that because i I don't ever read but it was an absolute game changer and his his method is it's not about how much you work, it's about the quality of work that Absolutely. you get in that time, you yeah. know? And he's all about, like, he wakes up in the morning and the first thing he does is invest in him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He yeah. does something for himself. So he'll get up, he'll uh, have a stretch, he'll, awesome. you know, work internally and work thing, on himself. So then he's got more energy to work out with. Sure. It's that thing which I kind of stand by. It's trying to work smarter. Not harder. Not harder. Yeah. So that's a kind of a... Because you can just do so much... Uh, but people say they're busy, which is I've tried to take that out of my vocabulary mm-hmm. because what I found last year was I'm, I'd go and meet someone. Like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, good, busy. That'd be my fir- the first thing that I'd say. So I made sure I put a, a check on my own mind of, okay, if I go and meet someone, 
I'm not going to say, even though it's the first thing that wants to come off my tongue, because yeah. I am busy, Yeah. I don't say it. Yeah. Because there's power in your tongue and there's power how you speak things out. So, yeah, everyone's busy in their own way. Everyone's got a busy diary. There's yeah. families. I know, um, like, mums who have got two, three, four kids. Who are at home who are at all home. day, but they're busy. Absolutely. So, they for, trying, for them to try and get time... Like so, there's everyone's busy in their own way. Mm-hmm. So I, I was making to make like even still now, it's a conscious decision to say, yeah, I'm great, things are good, or change my vocabulary. Oh, yeah, there's a lot on, but I'm loving it. So mm-hmm. speaking positively rather than, oh yeah, busy, oh, man, exactly, all of that. So that's been, I feel like that's been a real good, a real good thing for me. Uh, because yeah, everyone's busy. Yeah. Everyone's busy. You said that uh, when you go home, you know, you have to make sure that you you make sure put an effort to put your laptop away and yeah. stuff like that. Do you have any like go to things that you do to make sure that you don't get distracted? Because it's so easy to like I'm the prime example. I'll go to my girlfriend's house and we'll yeah. sit and watch a film with yeah. the family, and within twenty minutes, I'm on my phone. I'm on my phone <laughs> yeah. writing up Instagram yeah, posts yeah, or yeah, like yeah. looking at how many downloads I've had yeah. or the best yeah. way to publish my next video yeah. or next episode. Like and sometimes I'm like, right, leave my phone upstairs, Yeah. come downstairs, enjoy interaction yeah. with humans, not just yeah. my cell phone. Yeah. Do you have any things that you yeah. have to go to? I leave, I leave my phone in my jacket pocket. Yeah. Um, because I'm not the same as you. Like, because our heads are always on the go thinking. Always. Um, if you've got the phone within the reach of you, you're going to reach onto it and you're going to jump on Instagram and do something, post something mm-hmm. or, or check an email. It's so hard not to. Um, so yeah, I leave my phone in my jacket pocket that's how I, I I kind of tend to deal with it. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm not perfect. Still, no, no, of course. Uh, and I yeah I do work, but uh, I try where possible to just leave my phone and then I'll go to the kitchen and we'll go we'll go watch a movie or or whatever. Um, but that's my way of dealing mm, with it. Because yeah. I always find obviously in our business. And what we do, like, you need to be able to answer things on call. Yeah. Most of the time, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, especially when I was in LA, I was on my own. So my phone was sure. my business source because I had no money. So if someone would ring me and be like, we need you for a gig or yeah. send me an email, yeah, yeah. I wanted to make sure that I'm responding within yeah. within 30 seconds yeah. of it going. Yeah. yeah. And at the same time, it was my only connection sure. to home and friends. Sure. You know what I mean? So I found I've become really dependent on it. Sure. And then since coming home and now I am surrounded by my friends and my family all yeah. the time, it's so hard to break that habit sure. of always having my sure. phone on me and sure. to be more present with people. So yeah. it's finding ways to utilize it for its purpose, yeah. but not be consumed with sure. it. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like this new thing that Apple have put on where they can tell you how much oh, yeah. percentage yeah, you've had. Yeah. So I'm really proud every every week for the past five weeks it says I've gone down my Great. average juice That's in the awesome, day bro. which has kind of been like my little secret goal yeah, like I mentioned yeah, yeah. 21 Great. it's just to get the usage down awesome and it is going down but it's still like stupid hours yeah, a day yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean I'm like fuck how often am I checking yeah. it like I'm rehearsing all day how am I finding time yeah. to look at my phone yeah. or like that's that's the thing with with social media especially Instagram and uh, obviously uh, emails WhatsApp I work a lot on WhatsApp because dealing with different countries mm-hmm. it's the best um, way to keep, it's instant yeah absolutely so um, WhatsApp is busy whether it be Singapore whether it be like uh, Israel, whether it be Australia, obviously mm-hmm. the time zones are so crazy. Yeah, and and on that um, percentage thing, WhatsApp's dealt in with social media. Yeah. So um, I did have seventeen percent lower actually because I got mine yesterday. So yeah. it's good from last week, but it's still again it's still too high for me too. So I I, I take what you're saying. I, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. Like something that 
well, at least we're conscious of it. I think that's a, I think that's a thing. That's a good start. It's a good start. I think we're conscious of it and we're aware so that we can just even if it's just every day is a different is a is a step to get into where we want to go because I think we can all we can always set these unachievable goals mm-hmm. and but taking each step as it comes each day as it comes then that's that can be a true way to success yeah. like and success is obviously measured differently so um for your success is dif- dif- measured differently to mine so um I think the fact that we can both be lowering our percentage of our use on our phones. I think that's a great step. We're gonna probably always gonna be too high. I guess it's the nature of the business. Yeah, of well, what that's we do. Say, with what we do, it's a it's a part of survival. Yeah, and I think with the, also the thing with social media, it's so instant. So like I now purposely sometimes don't open Facebook Messenger because I know that if I do open it there's just a long list of messages coming in from whether it people wanting to come to our events or asking me questions. Obviously they can go to the website, but out of ease, it comes in via of Facebook course. messenger. Um, so I have to make sure that, okay, I'm really purposeful in Saturday, Sundays. I try to limit my usage on a weekend mm-hmm. just because obviously Sundays is a big event day for us. Um, but Saturdays, I choose that as a day, unless it's a, unless I'm running an event. I make sure that Saturday is a day where I'll be spending it with my girl, or I'll be doing stuff around the house, or, or whatever. Um, and so I can't be on my phone all the time because yeah. if you don't have that day of rest, there's no disconnect. Th- there's no disconnect, and it's it only sends us on a spiral of self doubt because you're looking at over what other people are doing. I really have to make sure that I don't check what other people are doing because you, in comparison is the thief of joy. And so uh-huh. you're, even though one day, I, you, like, I, could, I could be like, oh, I've, I've been to Australia. We've just done HGI in Australia. I had the most amazing time. Got to see hundreds of people. The minute I get back, if I'm looking at what a competitor's doing, for example, mm. oh my word, I've not done that. I need to do this. Yeah. So my joy in the moment of that is because I've compared myself to so-and-so, your joy has gone in an instant. I, I use that. I always speak to dancers about that, especially up-and-coming dancers or even working dancers, actually. You always look on uh, social media and you compare yourself to someone else. Yeah. I used to do it. Um, I used to follow lots of fitness pages. And then I ended up... Yeah, you got a good body, though. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's it's not perfect, but I'm happy. It's better than mine, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but once upon a time, I like when I was in LA especially... I would be in a place where everyone was beautiful. Like in LA, everyone is... You're in a room where everyone's beautiful yeah, as you well. you are beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to make the worst joke <laughs> ever. Then, so I'm going to calm down. Um, <laughs> um, basically, there's two other ladies in the room, so I was going to say they are two, but I don't want to distract them. Um, yeah, so when I was in LA, obviously you're in Hollywood, you're surrounded yeah. by gorgeous people. You go sure. to the gym and everyone looks incredible sure. because they're there because they're trying to be a something or a yeah. someone. Yeah. And I really got to a point where I, I need to look better. So I follow all these fitness pages sure. and then literally my social media feed would be full of six packs and abs. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, people, that's just, that's just people Josh Ricketts. People, yeah, Josh Ricketts. <laughs> 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 Buy your eight minute abs now. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> and I'd be like so consumed by it and it'd be the f- all I see all day every day sure. and I found then being like why don't I look like that mm. and I did look like that but sure. not as consistent and I'd see it and I'd be like oh my god I need to 
stop eating this. I need to go to the gym more. I need to exercise more. And I, I built a real like body dysmorphia, sure. like sure. like obsession. Sure. And I was paranoid all the time. Like I cut out carbs. I was eating a hundred and uh, 1,700 calories a day. I ruined my metabolism. I'd eat your carbs, that's for sure. That's what I bet you it. That sounds <laughs> dirty. <laughs> you dirty bagger. <laughs> I'd eat your carbs. That's too loud laughing. I'd, I'd eat your, yeah, everyone's death. I'd eat your donuts. Um, yeah, and I found, I just ruined my metabolism. Mm. But this was constantly because I was comparing myself to everything sure, I could sure. see. So I made a conscious effort of unfollowing Great. every single thing awesome. that didn't serve me any purpose awesome. or didn't inspire me or didn't teach me a lesson. Yeah. And it was a game changer. Mm. But it's so easy to do that. I'd even, I used to look at people on dance jobs and my friend Matt Day, his name Matt Day from the Bay. Shout out to him because he's one of the coolest people ever. What's up, Matt? What's up, Matt? Um, he's in LA and I used to look at him and he'd be on every single job. And yeah. I'd be like, fuck, like I, I'm just as good. Why aren't I on every yeah, single yeah. job? And I'd compare myself and sure. I'd come up with all these reasons why I should be and why I'm not. And all it did was work against me. Sure. It put me in a negative space. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. It built my, then my energy when I met people was crap. Sure. So it was all about getting out of that mindset of comparing mm. myself to people on social yeah. media. I feel like that's a massive epidemic that, we, we deal with now. Like, Absolutely. even with people that aren't in dance. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, people will look at fucking Kim Kardashian in yeah. a bikini and go, oh, why don't I yeah. look like that? Yeah. Or she's got duck lips and a jelly yeah. Yeah, yeah. blow-up bum, so yeah. I need one as well. Yeah. Whereas that's not the key to happiness no. and it's not the key to uh, to success. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. But, but we look up to these people because they're praised and we go, that's how we need to be. Sure, it's true. And it's such a powerful incredible and dangerous tool now yeah, social yeah. media that yeah. we have do you know what I mean I totally agree with everything you just said then yeah bro you know what I mean it's a weird one yeah so that's the thing that I but it's a huge part of our job yeah and I think we have to we have to embrace it uh-huh. um, but make sure that we don't let it consume us yeah so understanding again having that awareness of the yeah, comparison is the thief of joy so if that if, if you're starting to feel like like how you made that decision to unfollow mm-hmm. maybe someone whoever listening to this podcast right now needs to unfollow so and so or mm-hmm. follow a certain group of people so that as to that they're not yeah. constantly looking at themselves and comparing themselves because mm-hmm. end of the day we were we were, we were, we were born perfect and it, it is what it is yeah. like so let's embrace that and you're here for a purpose so Let's embrace that purpose, and without without thinking, I I need to be that, or I need to be this. Yeah, you know, just and I bet f- especially because you have dealt with that in your in your background. You know, you've worked with younger kids and people who probably feel specific ways. Absolutely, I bet you can really relate to that and be like, you know, you you want to help people not feel like this. Uh, absolutely, and I, uh, it's it's so important. Say working with people who have just come from incredibly broken broken backgrounds. Uh, but also being, in, I've been in Africa, I've been in Uganda, and seen people who have got the biggest smiles on their faces. Who don't? They don't have access to an iPhone. Yeah. But they've got the biggest, most joyful faces you could ever imagine. And been going to, I remember going to, I went on this quad bike, quad biking thingy in uh, Jinja, and which is a, a part of Uganda. I thought you were making a joke about me. J I N J A. Just, just checking. That is a form, <laughs> it's a form of racism happening right now. Indirect racism. Yeah. Um, so we're going on this uh, on this uh, uh, quad biking uh, thing, and the guy who was just me and this the guide, he took me to his family's uh, place where they live, mm-hmm. 
and it was a hut, a mud, a mud hut, and it, it was a mud hut, a mud hut, <laughs> a mad hat, a mud hut, <laughs> and there was his wife and six kids, and we rolled up. It, it was just literally made out of like metal, like sheets, mm. mud, and branches. And when they came out, like they call me Mzungu, which means like white man. Obviously, I'm not white. I'm yeah. caramel. Yeah. But they I never seen. <laughs> but they've never seen. They've never seen anyone who wasn't dark like them before. Yeah, I'm white so, chocolate orange. You're mate. You're mate, You're a great white chocolate orange. <laughs> Terry's. Um, they'd they'd like tr- touching my skin. Yeah. But their faces just shone up, and you you look at that, and you're like, wow, like their face is so joyful. They don't have possessions, possessions, but they're so happy. And so if we can embrace just just a touch of that for our own lives, then I feel we can have that. We can impart that into somebody else. Mm. Like that, I took that away from them. Wow! Like, and I hope that sometimes I can make other people smile just by the way that I live and I try to live positively and and all of that jazz. You know. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's trying to make sure we, we, we have to be really purposeful in it because we can get caught we can get caught up yeah no definitely that's dope um, do you ever see yourself trying to venture out there to put events on obviously it would be much more difficult in Africa yeah um, I haven't thought about it from an events perspective no South Africa yes mm-hmm. uh, because I've got a, a couple of um, friends out there who run who run events who run, obviously are a world of dance here so uh, the world of dance partner out there people who have worked with who do workshops i just hooked up um in eastwood last uh, two weeks ago to do some workshops for one of my friends at her studio in uh, in cape town um so yeah i've got a few like relationships out there and they have actually talked about us doing something mm. um but it's because of the cost of choreographers is so high at the moment and it's only increasing mm-hmm. um trying to make it work to be affordable for them them it's it's impossible. it's difficult mm-hmm. so if there's going to be some people on board who are like yo I'm willing to I'm help willing out. to help out and I'm down to be in that community of mm. people who can't afford it then bro I'm down yeah. to make it happen because sure. you're obviously a very giving person you obviously have a passion for helping people and they're definitely people which could do with an opportunity or oh. just something else so absolutely you know what I mean yeah. that'd be dope as I hell love to, I'd love to do that bro like mm. for real and like can, can make a like a, a total like trip of it in a sense of like go out and just I done when I was so I was 19 and we'd done mm-hmm. the river Nile we'd done uh, done a whitewater rafting down the river Nile but then like a few days later I was like giving out like stuff to, to kids mm-hmm. in an orphanage and holding holding babies and all like that to me is like this is what life is about helping other people or just being a part of yeah. something bigger than I am you know so uh, yeah that was that was great so I'd love to do a HGI yeah. Africa like who knows that'd be dope and it'd be probably like the first yeah dance event yeah. being held there running yeah. workshops yeah. or something do you know what I mean that'd be especially sick. with the with the with the caliber of people that we work with through HDI to to go out and do something there would be uh, yeah it'd be, yeah, be life changing for people you can't take pale people like me <laughs> I'll give you a hat or an umbrella to to, to walk around lots of sun cream <laughs> and that's it yeah. shower me in sun cream <laughs> before I go outside can I really have me, have me massage your back yeah this is getting really weird. Um, no, that's super dope. Um, where else do you see yourself venturing? Anywhere that you want to break into that you haven't yet? Um, yeah, there's a few places. Um, that we want to. Um, we've actually we've been asked by um, 
six or seven different countries to take uh, our Sword Dance Championships out there. Oh, sick. Um, which is great. I just want to make sure that the foundation's right first before we do that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we're ready to do that yet. So over the last three years, we've been asked by numerous countries, mm -hmm. oh, can we bring your competitions to our to our, to our city? Uh, so I've just it's on hold at the moment, just until we're ready and the, the things are in place to make that happen. Mm -hmm. And then... And then, yeah. Is it hard figuring out what you want to put your time into, whether you want it to be the competitions or the HDI camps? Is it hard yeah. going, I want to put into this this summer Absolutely. or that this summer? Absolutely. to push both at the same time, obviously it's possible, but if you're on your own with such a small team, it's going to be very difficult. Yeah, fortunately, again, like working with a, a couple of incredible uh, girls in Singapore, uh, Lynn and Steph, shout out to Lynn shout and Steph. Shout out Lynn and Steph on the bed. Um, <laughs> like they have really helped me kind of nurture HDI um, to where it is uh, now and fortunately having them on board like even when we're going to we'll sit down in the next couple of weeks to really be strategic about moving forward with HDI mm -hmm. if I you, there's only so much you can do so it's trying to balance it right if I know like I love SDC and all of the competitions are incredible. We get to, I think last year we saw over 10,000 people for our competitions. Jesus. Uh, yeah, which is um, amazing. We've, our first competition was 2011. So um, we like, it's we, growing. It's growing. Yeah, it's growing. And uh, HDI, we saw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people from across the world through HDI. But it's making sure it's an experience that it just doesn't, it's not about that they just come and attend and leave. Mm -hmm. I never want HDI to be that. We started HDI in 2012 with the choreographers that we did hiring a campsite where everyone had food together, everyone uh, slept in dormitories, everyone trained together. So it's eat on site, sleep on site, train on site. And that was something that was so incredible because it's an experience where, mm -hmm. bro, you've got people from, America or people from New Zealand or people from uh, you're making cultures collide ab absolutely and mix absolutely so they're having, having breakfast together having dinner together and just connecting on levels that only dance can bring that together so that's the incredible thing about HDI but because our team's so small it's hard to really focus on one thing so it's spread spread thin which is why when I have the the expertise of like Stefan Lynn who can help me just mm -hmm. to kind of narrow things that okay let's do let's do this and then we can like put a bit of a put a bit of time into that then it makes it a super successful event so uh, last year at HDI we took it to London for the first time had our biggest ever HDI but that was hell it was different let's put it that way um, but yeah, so we're switching up this year. We're doing five days in Chester at Chester University Sick. and doing five days in London. So uh, we're just trying... You, you were struggling to find a venue in London, right? Oh, bro, it was so, so difficult. Everything's cost through the Oh, it's ridiculous. So like for World of Dance, for to do a to do a one-day event at World of Dance, we had a crappy venue. It's knocked down now. It's at Elephant and Castle. But for that, was £9,500 for a day. For a day. From 10 till 10. So imagine trying to hire a venue that can hold people for a week, Saturday to Saturday. Yeah. So it's so difficult. I've not got sponsors. I've never had sponsors. Like I want, mm -hmm. I'd love to have sponsors, but I've never had that. It's just all again organic. Organic. So it's you've got to be careful with. Like, I love taking risks. Don't mm -hmm. you? Know, I love taking risks, but I've got to be have got to be wise with how to do that. You yeah. Know? For so. Sure. Uh, 
what it worked like in a sense of we took it to London and it worked. We we had our had our biggest number of people ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, it, I also felt it lost a bit of the personal touch because we wasn't on a campsite for the week. So, so for people me, people staying in hotels and exactly, and everyone like scatters off in the evenings. So it's not that experience exactly that you're exactly, to create. which is. The, the, one of the best things about HDI is everyone's eating together mm. in the evenings we, we do parties or Q&A's with the teachers or Sick. all of that mm-hmm. so it lost that touch so this year which is why I'm doing five days in Chester to have that experience and then five days for the exper- uh, for the uh, training mm-hmm. uh, specifically for the training so uh, hot off the press for here here first mm-hmm. Brian Friedman will be coming back to the UK for HDI this summer mm-hmm. so like obviously we get a heck of a lot of professional dancers or aspiring to be professional dancers who want to come and learn from Brian because he does so much across the world. he is a fucking genius. Yeah, so um, having him him back again in 2019 is going to be great. So it's getting that, that's why this year I'm doing the two to be able to do the experience mm-hmm. of what, what And it's your first year doing it twice, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, one north, one south. Which one's first? North. Okay. So you get your little taster, your little warm-up, little exactly. preparation for, exactly. for the fire in for London. The, exactly. So um, we're hoping to obviously go bigger and better as always. So we've, we've constantly grown since 2012, mm-hmm. uh, but learn and just continue to, uh, I guess, um, change things to adapt to make sure that we can be the so best we can yeah, be for people. It progresses and giving the, the audience what they want. Exactly. Um, what are some of the the biggest things that you've like the biggest hurdles that you've hit on the way like some of those like have you got any of those stories where you're like that almost killed it that um, almost shut it down well obviously there's it's always nervous when um flights being cancelled and you've on like a tight tight schedule for people to teach at certain times mm-hmm. so we fly in probably six or seven international choreographers every every summer so if if a flight's cancelled, but they're they're due to to fly in and teach three or four hours later, have you had anyone miss theirs? Yeah, tell I'm going to tell you who, but yeah, yeah, we had a due to a flight cancelled. Yeah, due to a flight cancelled or just didn't get there. Uh, so <laughs> just a, didn't wake up. <laughs> so there's been a few times that I've been like <sighs> deep breaths. Uh, yeah, there's there's been a few times like that. Uh, How do you cover it to the students? Like what? Do you just rearrange the order of classes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. you just have be, got to be on the ball that on week. On your toes. There's, there's a very little sleep uh, for me and the team that week. Um, got to just, yeah, be able to, crisis management is is really important. Yeah. To be able to, okay, gotta, you got to go here. You need mm. a driver to go here. You go here. Let's have, you start you start this class up. You finish this class off. Make sure you get the response for people who are coming mm-hmm. in just to do, do this one class or whatever. So it's just really, so so over that week, I just have an overall view. Mm-hmm. I tend I don't put myself on a job role. I have an overall overall view to see okay, this needs to be done. This needs to be done. Yeah. And then the team are incredible over a HDR week and they facilitate what what is in the vision. So mm, yeah. sick. How much how much time would you say goes into planning one one event? Ah, oh, for our summer camp, yeah. about about eight months. Jeez. Yeah. So I started. I started last month. Yeah. It's good for the people to hear because people who just turn up and leave and yeah. say for someone who turns up and goes, I didn't like it because of <laughs> the one mirror was yeah, made yeah. me look fat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, I started, so they started can get last a perspective month. into how difficult this is for you. Yeah. It's because uh, there's so much to it. It's yeah. It's uh, it's a it's a it's a big thing. We, we just, for, 
I could very easily just put an event on where put a few few choreographers in a room and people pay to attend and leave. But mm-hmm. it's more than that. Yeah. To me and to my team, we want people to really feel like this. We have three things that HGI stands on. It's it's education, so people mm-hmm. to feel like they've come come away having learned something. Yeah, empowerment, mm-hmm. so they come away empowered, inspired, feel like they've grown, feeling like they've restored their passion for dance again, and then uh, enjoyment. Mm-hmm. So we want everyone who comes in through those doors to have had fun and enjoyed what they've paid their money to do. So empowerment, education, enjoyment, there are three mm-hmm. things. So everything comes out around that. So if if people don't experience those three things, we've not done our job. Mm-hmm. So that's why we had to start so early, obviously booking flights and negotiating rates with choreographers. Um, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so <Terrible>. waste. <laughs> Cause, and I think like <laughs> it's difficult because... Fortunately, I've got a great group of people. Relate, I've built relationships with people, but at the end of the day, for them, it's also it's a business it's for business, them too. Yeah, of course. Um, but there's some people who I won't work with now who have put up their prices twenty, thirty percent. So imagine, bro, me, we charge three hundred fifty pound for the for the for work the like for the full package of classes. That's How many like, classes is that? So that's twenty three classes. Jeez. So there's so imagine me then saying, Okay, well we're gonna put our prices up thirty percent. So we go from three fifty up to four fifty. Yeah. I can't justify that morally to say to a student, Okay, last year you paid three fifty. You've been saving all summer. Exactly. Or all year. Yeah, Because yeah. we know what the dance industry is like anyway, with people being able to afford it. Some people in London are like hand to mouth every day. So every day. So I couldn't morally justify saying, okay, now last year was £350, now you've got to pay £450. Mm. I can't do that. Yet, if we went in line with the increases of what certain people ask for, that's what we'd have to do. Mm. So I have to eat that up and just deal with it or not work with them and work with people who have relationships with who are willing to be like, okay. There's people who are... You've got to be realistic. Yeah, I won't charge. I won't charge one thousand eight hundred dollars. I'll charge you one thousand three hundred dollars instead. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? But those the the, the scales are they're not. We're not talking three four hundred pound a class. Mm. I wish it was that. Six years ago, it was that. Mm-hmm. So six years ago, your average was probably six hundred USD a class. Yeah. Now you're talking anything from, from twelve hundred to two thousand, which is dollars a class. Absolutely insane. Especially with with the economy now the way it is mm-hmm. with. Uh, Brexit, all of that. The dollar against the pound is bad. It's it's difficult. Yeah. But I love it. Like yeah, yeah. I get a buzz out of it. I, I get a buzz out of seeing people in that class, absolutely killing life. And yeah, so it's just it's it's really trying to get that balance. Yeah. Because yeah, prices have doubled. Yet we've kind of still remained the same around about fifteen pound. Averages between fifteen to eighteen pound a class. Mm-hmm. We've done that. That was the charge in 2012, and that's what we still charge in 2019. Which is epic. So it's we're trying to reach more people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's when uh, you um first started your first comp, you funded it all yourself. Yeah. Have you ever had to take a, a loan, or have you ever took a massive loss? I've taken losses. Yeah. Yeah. I've never taken a loan. I've never taken a loan out for the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've taken big losses. I've, I've always tried to do it. Okay. If I can't afford it for my own pocket, then I can't do it. Uh-huh. That's a good way to see it. However, for our 
new clothing launch. I want to be taking a, a loan out for that. I didn't know you're having a clothing launch. Yeah. Tell me more. So I went to I went to China uh, end of last year. I've got a friend who runs a multi multi million pound company supplying goods to the white company to Debenhams, John Lewis, all of them. And he's like, I'll oh, come come with me. I'll introduce you to my agent. I'll introduce you to my uh, the buyers, and I'll just basically show you the world of the, the Canton Fair, which is like the biggest fair in the world when it comes to anything that you want to buy, anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went there to go and learn about manufacturing clothing, uh, textiles, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Made some incredible contacts. But when you're buying over there, in order to get the quality that we want to have with our sore clothing, which is a high quality of uh, clothing, we have to pay good money for it. You don't just want your fruit and loom. Or... Exactly, exactly. So making the, going to the factories to making sure that they're not got like child slavery and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. going to have have proper factories uh so we're paying paying more of a premium but you have to buy in large quantities mm-hmm. so you're talking big figure sums yeah. so that's the only time i've well, I've been doing business now for 10 years that'll be the first time i've ever taken a, a business loan out yeah yeah because you're putting a lot of money up front just yeah. to get product exactly a, a risk that it might not sell exactly yeah. So, but p- for the for dance stuff for for saw or for HDI, no, uh, I haven't. It's just uh, that's incredible. Uh, but I've I've worked. Grown up, I work. I just work, work, work. I had four jobs at one time. I used to sell burgers at Aston Villa Football Club. I used yes. to work at Marriott Hotel on, on the on concierge. I worked at USC, which is like a uh, yeah, and the clothing clothing brand. Clothing they're, brand. Still, they're still around. Oh, they're still places, around, are they? Places, yeah. uh, and then uh, Sports Direct. So I used to work four jobs at one time. Just to which one did you hate the most? Sports Direct. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How come? Um, just because like people would like throw clothes on the floor, bro, yeah. and not care. Like you, mofo, just go and pick that up and put it back on the. So I think that was the worst. But then uh, Marriott Hotel was great, but also Aston Villa. I support Aston Villa. That's one of my so passions. That's, that's good. So I used to sell burgers at halftime, and then straight after halftime, once we once we packed up quickly, watch the second, watch half. The second half win. So um, that was <laughs> that was a good one. Actually, doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> so right, then, I used to get thirty. I used to get thirty-five pound for five hours work selling burgers and hot bovels, hot chocolates, and watch the second half. And watch the second half of the villa. I could do. I it. was like sixteen, seventeen at the time. So I'd, I'd still do that now. If I had the time, I'd go to Tottenham. Sell Would you? Ooh, yeah, you're doing all right at the moment, actually. Yeah. I was going to say you didn't pull that yeah, face. Yeah, no, you're, very you're well. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll I think we're a bit that. fluky on the weekend, but I'll, I'll give you that. Win so win. that's another one, though. That like passion is football. I got, I got a season ticket to Aston Villa, so uh, I don't make. Obviously, I don't make that many games. Mm. So I'll give the. I'll give the uh, my season ticket to to a friend, and mm-hmm. he'll take my nephew. But. Um, that's something how I do outside of dance or business is to yeah. take my head off things is to go to the football or play football on a Monday night. What other stuff do you do? Yeah, play footy, watch footy, uh, to the dismay of my girlfriend. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I spend a lot of time with the boys. Uh, my friend of my friend's got a hot tub in his garden, so we spend a lot of time having whiskey in there. Yes, um, get turned up in a hot tub. Get turned up in a hot tub. Hot and steamy. Yeah, bro. Like I go, I go to I spend time with people in the business world church there's a whole different aspect outside of my dance that dance i do life. a dance life that i do mm. so um which is why i think i'm probably i keep saying is because i've got good people outside of the world who inspire me to live bigger to think bigger all of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff so um yeah so um I used to, so back back to 
the saving thing. I've always been a sa- I've always been a saver, mm-hmm. and so working all those jobs, and then obviously traveled. I traveled. I didn't take. I didn't have a credit card. I just used what I had, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, I just. But again, I do stuff outside of dance. I've bro. I've like. I've sold mobile phones. I used to sell cars. I, like, mm. I've done so much stuff. And then I, I bought my first house when I was 21 um, with my cousin. Um, so we'd done a 50-50 venture. This was like before, again, before I hit the, being in the dance industry from a business perspective. So then that set me up for now, which, because obviously I had equity in the house, mm-hmm. which has meant that I was able to pull money out of that to then buy another. So like yeah. doing that, and being a, being smart with it, mm-hmm. what twelve years ago? Ten, yeah, twelve yeah. years ago, it has meant that I can make choices now. So yeah, yeah it's just been it's been smart with it's been smart with your money. Like I, I put a status out on my Facebook the other day saying to about to dancers to to like you gotta save like save those pennies because I never I'm, I am take it from me. I was, I still am the worst with money. Oh yeah, I'm horrific. Well, let's, I, me- let's I remember chat. I was the worst person in the world at saving, and then when I was deciding, right, I want to move to LA. Yeah, uh, I went there for my 21st birthday. I had flights bought to me as a gift. Yeah, for my 21st from my grandma. So I saved some money and I went. I went there. I ran out of money with it. I went there for <laughs> six weeks. No, yeah. I went there for th- six, no three weeks. I went there. Yeah. Two weeks on my own. A uh, week with Jamie. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Uh, Hi, um, Jamie. What's up, man? Jay Swole. Swole, yo. That's what we call him now. Yeah. Swole. Yeah, because he looks like fucking Hench. hench. Um, Swole, yo. Um, I'm bigger than you, though, lad. Don't get twisted. <laughs> oh, maybe oh, I'm not. Oh, he's not going to like that. <laughs> he listens to these now, too. He's going to be cussing you out. Um, yeah. So I went and I ran out of money within like a week and a half. Ooh. And, I, and I technically had enough money to survive Last the entire year. time and have fun, so... Call my grandma. I'm like, I need saving. Send me some money. <laughs> Had to do that twice because I was like living oh, it up. I was so gassed. Yeah. And then when I was deciding I was moving there, I was like, right, I need to save. And it's the first time where I ever like managed to save a shitload of money up yeah. and go away for something because it was something that I sure utterly wanted. And I say that to people. Like, you gotta have a you gotta have a goal because if you if you've got no goal, then yeah, you'll spend money on whatever mm. trainers or clothes or whatever. But you gotta have a, if you've got a vision for your mm. life and where you want to go, then every decision that you'll make will get to there. So for you, for example, I guess doing this podcast would mean that you know for where you want to go, you gotta save up to be able to buy the equipment to mm-hmm. make this even bigger and better exactly. eventually you'll get to buy a studio rent, rent a studio and then buy mm-hmm. a studio so you know your vision and your goal to grow this incredible podcast you got to save up to be able mm-hmm. to do those things so I say to dancers all the time yo you want to be a personal dancer you got to invest in your training mm-hmm. so if you're going to invest in your training you better start getting a job and put, pay for it. putting yeah. some money aside, putting £30 a week aside to be able to make it to HDI, that one-week intensive, which could change the trajectory of your life for the next three or four years, mm-hmm. be spotted by an agency, getting, like, you need to be able to have vision for your life mm-hmm. in order to get where you want to go and make deci- make a conscious decision to, okay, I need the money to get there. How am I going to do it? Okay, I need to get a job. Well, I went to travel the world when I was 18, 19, but I couldn't, do it if I would have just been like, okay, I'm gonna pull money out of thick, uh, thin air. Mm-hmm. There's no money tree in my no. garden in Birmingham. Trust me. Yeah. Like so, working those four jobs to get there. Do you know? So I feel like people sometimes just want something so quick 
and so easy. That don't happen. You gotta have that hustle. You gotta have that hustle and work hard mm -hmm. to achieve those things that you want to achieve. And nothing will come on your plate. You gotta make it happen. Yeah. Be 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 uh, be confident in who you are. Be nice to people. Be kind. Be fair, and things will just come your way. So, yeah. and believe in yourself. Absolutely. I, I've noticed that some people say to me that I'm really confident, and I don't see it as confident. I just see it as in I trust me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not that I'm confident. I just trust me. Absolutely. I know so that should. I'll make sure that I'm okay. Yeah. I'll make sure that I can survive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's one of those things where it's like, if you'd start doubting yourself, you're doubting the only person that's in control of sure. you. Sure. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Like the only control you have in the entire world is of your own actions yeah. and your own thoughts. Yeah. So as soon as you start doubting them, you're you're a recipe for failure. Absolutely. Do I mean you need to believe in yourself and go, no matter what happens, even if I get knocked back, that's the goal. Yeah. And I can still get there. Yeah. Do I mean like if the the if I need to get to number twelve, I don't just need two sixes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like absolutely. there's more I than agree. one way to make twelve. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I always tell myself, Great. cool, that journey didn't work. Let's try and find absolutely. a new journey. Right. But I can still get to the same destination. Yeah. Do you know what totally I mean? agree. About keeping that forward mindset yeah. and you know like I had Jay on the podcast last week and he said like failure is learning. Yeah, yeah, it's you true. Know I mean? Failing is learning. People who never fail. Jamie don't. McKenzie said that. No, no, Jay Ravel. I was going to say, I was going to say, Jamie didn't know how to say that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Jay Ravel would say that. Yeah. yeah like failing, is, failing is learning and I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah. Because you learn not to make those mistakes again awesome. and if you did, you best fucking learn it quick because yeah. it's going to keep happening. I want to use that nugget of wisdom, Jay. Nice one for that, bro. Cheers, mate. No, my favourite, <laughs> what was, what's your one? The one that you said earlier, I loved it and I forgot it now. Uh, jet, no, comparing is... Com comparison is a thief of joy. Comparison is a thief of joy. That's my new favourite. Mm. I'm going to get it tattooed. Get it. <laughs> get it on your chest. I don't want to ruin my chest. <laughs> get it. I want to get it on my six packs. Six pack. I'll get it on my, um, ca get it on my calf. i got rubbish calves. <laughs> Make it look like it's a good calf. Yeah. yeah do I right. covered one in ink. Did you? Yeah. And my left arm because i got rubbish left arm. Mate, under, under that jumper, it looks like it's not a, a rubbish arm. My ins and outs jumper. Mm -hmm. Someone made this for me. You're there. Yeah, a girl called Becky. Oh, she's pregnant now. Congrats, Congratulations, Becky. She's Becky. like the first listener. Oh, really? Congra yeah. Congrats, Becky. She made me this and sent it to me. And she made herself one as well in pink. Gangster. Yeah, she's pregnant. Congrats. Yay. Yay. Buy more condoms. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. Um, anyway, bro, it's been a pleasure talking to you. So tell us the dates for your next events. What's coming up um, for the listeners? Stay tuned and where they can find you. Um, we've got, this year we've got 10 SDC regionals. Um, we've got our British Championships, 22nd, 24th of March uh, in Prestatin. We've got a European Championships in Barcelona in end of June, oh. which is going to be epic. You know Barcelona is my favourite place is in it? the world. Yeah, Bro. I, did, I did a TV show there for like three months. Sick. And... Me and my girlfriend go there every year now. Yeah, it's a um. So we've we've got a sick hotel in uh in sick gears, just at, like twenty five minutes from the airport, right on the beach. Mm. Um, so really excited for that. Just to like it's at the end of end of June, so all the exams are done. So like families can have a family holiday. So obviously do the competition while the kids dance, while the kids dance and then stay for a couple of days afterwards if they mm. wanted to. So we've got that, and then we've got our HGI intensives all across throughout the year on hgodancecamp.com and then yeah we've got a big one in summer so working on an incredible lineup flying people from america over for five days in chester which is 10th to the 15th and then 15th to the 19th in london mm. so um i get a lot of messages from people who uh are always like i want to get into dance mm. um 
do your competitions and your events cater for people who aren't professional or aspiring professionals? Absolutely, yeah. So um, our competitions, we have our beginner categories. We have our beginner, intermediate, advanced categories. Mm -hmm. So that's from your very, very basic from six and under all the way up. Mm -hmm. um, and then our our HDI training is more aimed at intermediate mm -hmm. advanced dancers. You don't have to be professionals, mm -hmm. but it is aimed at people who can pick up choreography because the level is quite advanced. Yeah. We, we try to push kids from... We have our under 18s, which we really target from age eight mm -hmm. upwards. Um, but yeah, that's people who can pick up choreo already. Cool. We may look in the future at doing some beginner stuff, but at the moment with HDI, it's more intermediate yeah. advanced, yeah. Because I always get like, oh, I want to get my kids into dancing. Yeah, yeah. What can I send them to? And I'm yeah. always a bit like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I, then it, my recommendation is normally find your local dance school. Yeah. That's probably that's shite. That's what I'd say too. But yeah. They're probably shite. Uh, but we'll get them on the on the and get them on the right path. On the right path. Hopefully. Yes. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Anyway, man, thank you so much for my coming pleasure, on the podcast. Bro. It's been an absolute pleasure. Man. I feel like I have not seen you in forever. Yeah, it hasn't been a while. But I feel like I see you all the time. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like I see what you're up to. You're you're a good man. I'm really oh. excited for your podcast and all. The, uh, Thank you, man. I'm excited too. Hey, nice jumper. I just noticed it. Thank you, bro. It's cute. This is one of the new. This is one of the new ones. Yeah, it's lovely. Where can they buy that? Saw.com. Uh, no, you can't buy it. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't come. It's not out yet. Oh, I got a this, just a this is just a special. Ooh, it's very this, will, cute. this will be saw com. This will be the new the new website which, yeah, launch, which launches in May. Let me feel it. Oh, it's warm in it, mate. I'm sweating in here. <laughs> Saucy that. I like this little uh, the the strings in the yeah. neck. They say saw. Got some sick. This is I this is some sick um, female tracksuits, but it's a bit cropped for me, so I uh, I didn't wear it to this interview. <laughs> I wear it I wear it around the house. I love a cropped one. <laughs> You'd suit one because you could get your V's out. I just want to show my belly button. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. Anyway, you're on big things. I'm super proud of you. Thank you. You're bro. smashing it. Appreciate and it. You're doing it with good intentions, which is Thank you, bro. even better. Thank you. Out to help folk. Thank you so much, brother. Love. Thank you for listening to the Ins and Outs podcast. Please share with your friends, your family, your family's friends and your friend's family. If you see strangers on the street with headphones in, stop them and say, yo, download the Ins and Outs podcast. Check that shit out. It's dope. What's up, motherfucker? And also please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It would be very, very, very helpful for me. Peace, one love. I'm out. Bye.